Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are, I'm really excited. We are starting a new um, book to study today. We are back in the Old Testament, and um, we're studying the book of Romans. It's been called one of the greatest books in the Bible. Uh, It's been called um, one of the greatest uh, um, documents ever written on the Christian faith. So, our author is Paul. There's no question he wrote Romans. And so, um, McGee is um, having us uh, go through the first four verses. I cannot uh, um, do justice to these four verses. Uh, McGee spoke for about 20 minutes uh, or so on these four verses. I can't do that justice either, but um, what I think I'm doing is I'm as we go through this, um, I will give you my um, impressions on this and how it's impacting me, and so we can kind of go through this together. Um, highly recommend reading uh, this along and certainly listening to McGee's commentary as well. Um, Romans chapter one verse one. Paul, he and he, Paul usually um, starts his letters out with a salutation, which is kind of like an introduction. And this is, uh, as my study Bible says, this is the longest introduction of any of Paul's letters. He goes into more detail here because he's never been to Rome, and he wanted to summarize his gospel for the Roman readers. Uh, One remarkable feature of this section is that many of the themes mentioned here also include um, the letter in the final doxology, which is in chapter 16, uh, Paul's authority, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures in this gospel, and the gospel, this news centers on Jesus Christ, everything centers on Jesus Christ, the obedience of faith, and um, the mission to the Gentiles and the glory of Jesus Christ and God the Father. So, as we start off, we say, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. So, um, 
he starts off um, identifying himself in relationship to the Lord Jesus. He calls him Christ Jesus. Um, the Christ is the uh, anointed one, um, the Messiah. And so we've got the um, the Christ uh, is a, a heavenly reference from God and Jesus, his earthly name. So we've kind of got the... Um, the deity of Christ, the deity of Jesus Christ expressed right there in relationship to Paul, who is nothing but a servant, you know. Um, so Paul, a servant, Jesus is man. His name is Jesus. He was born. He was given a name, Jesus. But he's also the Christ, the the Savior that the Old Testament has been pointing to all this time. So that sort of juxtaposition of who Paul is and who Jesus Christ is. Um, and the servant is another name of the servant here comes from the Greek uh, doulios. And that means a servant or a slave or a bond server. It indicates here that Paul is a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then he says, called to be an apostle. An apostle is someone that um, the Lord Jesus gave authority um, of himself. He gave that authority to the 12 apostles chosen by Christ because they had seen the Lord Jesus. Um, and he gave them not only special authority, but he, they had the ability to heal people, to raise the dead. So they, they had his authority. They had his power also. And um, so we have the knowledge of the gospel, but we're not apostles. We never saw him face to face. And these 12 were people that the Lord Jesus built the church on. So... Um, Paul is saying to himself that he is also an apostle. He has seen the Lord Jesus just like the other 12 did. The other 12 were called to be apostles to the Jews. And he is going to be called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And uh, so um, called, he didn't, he didn't choose he was called. And McGee made the point that many Christians today feel like, oh, they're going to be Christians because they want to. But Paul's making and will make the, the case here that Christians are basically people God has chosen and has called. And so when your conscience says, oh, I think I want to be a Christian, you're hearing that call and you're answering that call, the people who are not Christians, God hasn't called them. So in other words, they're not rejecting God. God has not chosen them. So, um, so Paul is a servant, and he's called, all right? 
and he's an apostle, okay, and he is set apart for the gospel of God. So he is set apart. So what does set apart mean? It means to be separated um, and set apart for. It's not set apart from, you know, it's set apart for. In other words, being it's not being separated from it's like being separated to something and so there's a little bit of a distinction and i probably would have missed it had mcgee not gone over it and it in it sort of triggered something in in my mind i was always told it's better to be going to something than trying to leave something in other words if somebody's choosing a job or they leave their job, it's better if you're leaving your old job because you've got a better job ahead of you rather than leaving your old job because you don't like your old job. You don't have anything that you're going towards as a new goal. So this set apart for means separated um to go to something. There's something ahead set apart for, in other words, a new goal, the gospel of God. So in other words, you're being separated from what? You're being separated from your sin. You're being separated from your old life. You're being separated from the people you used to hang out with. You're being separated from the life you used to lead. Not because so much it it was bad and yes it was bad but you're being separated for something better going to something better and that's the context that Paul writes this he's set apart for something better this gospel of god now this gospel the word gospel means good news so this is good news of god not of man so this gospel of god and a lot of times we call it the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the Lord, Lord Jesus, the gospel good news. <clears throat> but here he calls it the gospel of God. And that gospel means it comes from God, which he promised beforehand. Verse 2, through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. In other words, this gospel of God is not something new. It's not a brand new thing. You know, it is the New Testament. It is the New Covenant. But this gospel good news message is not something new. It was promised in the Old Testament. So Jesus is here not because he's bringing in anything like a new thing. He is fulfilling the Old Testament. In the New Testament. So the New Covenant is new, but is it is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. So this is a promise through the prophets in the Scriptures. So everything in the Old Testament is pointing to this gospel of God, this gift of God out of love. And it is pointing the Old Testament all points to Christ, all points to the Lord Jesus. And as we were looking in the Old Testament, we've been studying, we can see everything pointing towards Christ in so many dimensions and facets. It's Christ.
Just like <clears throat> Jonah being swallowed by a whale and being buried in the depth of the sea in the belly of the whale for three days and then he's brought back. It's kind of a story of Christ in a, in a, in a story that even kids can relate to. But as Jesus said, you know, that was a sign. Jonah and the whale was a sign. Uh, but it points to his resurrection. So we see it in so many different ways. So <clears throat> this is the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David. In other words, he is the son of man. He is part man, but he is his son, God's son. So he is the son of God, but he's also the son of man. In other words, he comes descended. He has a human ancestry from David, according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of Holiness by His resurrection from the dead. All right, so we've got the Son of Man describing Jesus. We've got the Son of... He's the Son of Man. He's the Son of, he's the son of God first. He's the Son of Man. And this descended from David, he's been birthed according to the flesh. He was born of a virgin. He is the deity of Christ is explained here. He is, he is directly the Son of God. And we are talking here about the Father and the Son. And we also are talking about the Holy Spirit because He was declared the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. His resurrection from the dead declares, it didn't, as McGee says, it didn't make him who he was. He was already son of God. But it declares who he is by his resurrection. Because his resurrection from the dead changes all history. Somebody is raised from the dead. Now, other people were raised from the dead by him. And we see instances of people being raised from the dead. In the Old Testament, like Elijah raising somebody from the dead. But Jesus Christ was raised himself from the dead after he laid his life down for us. And that being raised from the dead was for us so that we could have resurrection from the dead. So he is declared to be the Son of God because that is God's purpose. That's God's gospel is his good news that he is going to assume human form in order that we can be raised from the dead also. So he assumes human form in the form of Jesus Christ in order that we have resurrection from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's declared Son of God in power according to the Spirit. 
of holiness. Isn't that powerful? That's just the first four verses. So we've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who is working powerfully in the Lord Jesus. And what just humbles me is that the Lord Jesus gives us this Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that resurrected Him from the dead is now dwelling in us, praying for us. So we're going to stop here. Um, we will continue our study. Um, today's uh, Wednesday. We're at the top of the, of the mountain peak this week. And we are at the summit so we can look around here as we continue through the week. We'll be going down the mountain. So uh, as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this book of Romans. And uh, I'm really excited to be studying this, and I hope you are as well. So, as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. And we'll see you next time tomorrow. God bless you all.